Let's take it to the edge. Let's get deflected. Let's talk about the night perspective. Let's get sharp. Let's get a little real. Dan Man, three, two, one, go. Hey guys, I'm Dan Eastland with Dogwood Custom Knives, and I'm here with Kyle Daly of KH Daily Knives, and this is the Knife Perspective, episode number zero five five, and we're coming at you on Knife Radio, Free America, live by way of pre-record, Re- pre-recording. <laughs> I was like ninety percent on that one. <laughs> You know, it, it's the headphones are throwing me off. I was trying to do like the, the 60s, 50s DJ voice. I don't know. Coming at you live. <laughs> By way of pre-recording. Yeah. How are you doing, Dan? Um, I'm doing really good, man. Um, good. Got a little downtime. Did a little recovery from the Blade Show boogie. And I'm, I'm back in the shop. Got it cleaned up. And I'm starting to produce some stuff again. Yeah, I was uh, cleaning up some today, and I got an air conditioner put into the window that a former coworker gave me. So, uh, yeah. it's it, not uh, even hot up there. It was ninety three today with ninety uh, percent humidity. That's pretty hot. That's a gentle spring day. <laughs> anyway, the air conditioner managed to keep it under, or I think it got up to seventy eight in the garage today. So, uh, God, a little H. more bearable. It was 98 in my shop. <laughs> and I didn't have the kiln on and I wasn't grinding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was good. To, we went out to California with the family. I uh, went to Disneyland and saw Cars Land, which uh, both my boys really liked and um, went on a bunch of cool rides. And then in Disneyland, there was the Star Wars area that I liked a lot. The Smuggler's Run ride where you actually get to fly the Millennium Falcon. And uh, it's totally actually like... Yeah. Yeah, you actually, so there's two pilots, two gunners, two engineers, and so there's six people on each one, and uh, the pilots, the left person controls, like, left to right, and then the right person controls up and down, and then, like, pulls the lever to go to light speed and stuff, and the the gunners have to hit the button to, like, shoot, and uh, it was pretty awesome, and it's all, like, super done up, so it looks like you're actually walking around through the Millennium Falcon. It was awesome. Do the engineers have to do complicated math equations? No, the the engineers one was kind of like, uh, not not the most awesome part of it. You you had you had to like push your button at the right time like twice during the ride. There wasn't a whole lot for you to do. So so a lot like real life engineering, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and then they also had the rise of the resistance, which uh, was like we didn't see it less than like a hundred and forty minute wait. Oh wow! It was pretty crazy, but that one. Um, you actually like walk in and then you, you go on this, uh, on this transporter ship and then you have like an Admiral Akbar looking guy in the front and then it's you a get, like, yeah, you get pulled into this like tractor beam, uh, into a star destroyer. And, uh, then the doors open and I was like, well, that was kind of lame to wait that long for, for the ride. And then you end up like walking around what actually looks like inside a star destroyer. And then you like, uh, then the resistance like 
has these robots that help like move you and these things around through the ship while they're like shooting and attacking the trip ship to try to save you. So it was pretty freaking cool. Um, there's a book series. I'm trying to remember the name, but the, if you look up Baba verse, you'll find it. And it's got Admiral Akbar like woven throughout the entire series. Hmm. Um, but the whole, it's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. Those was, was pretty cool. And I finished watching the Obi-Wan series. So that was, don't that tell was me. pretty awesome. Don't tell me. I got a little bit left. Yeah. Yeah. So you, pre- you pretty much know how it's going to somewhat end. Cause I mean, Cause, they can't die. <laughs> but <laughs> Because you saw the three good star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Episode four is still my favorite. That's the, that's the one I've watched. I, if I've seen it less than a hundred times, like I'd be surprised. Okay. So four in the order that they were out or four in like the canon. No, a new, a new hope is my favorite movie. Uh, the original where they uh, blow up the first death star. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then, is that, uh, wait, is that with Hoth? No, that's the one before Hoth. Hoth okay. was Empire Strikes Back. That's right. And then Return of the Jedi. I, I think those middle three are the best ones. Um, um, I'm pretty sure it was Empire Strikes Back that I saw live in the theater that my parents took me to go see. Like it was awesome. a, it was a big deal. Yeah. And my I, mom, I, my mom saw the, a new hope three times on opening day. So she paid and stood in line the first time. And then she knew the manager from the movie theater and she got to watch it from like the little projector room. Oh, that's <laughs> two more cool. times. Yeah. yeah. When the, and then when they, they re-released them, the, the edited or the remastered or whatever back in theaters, uh, we stood in line for like a couple hours to get good seats each time for that. When the first uh, modern Batman came out, uh, I was like 93-ish. Uh, some of my buddies worked at the theater and the manager of the theater is like, look, this cannot run before this date. But at 00001 on this date, if it runs... There's no way for me to know about that. Mm-hmm. So one of the guys that ran the projection and a couple other people that had keys, we all met up at the theater at 0001 on that date and went in and it was like 15 of us watching it. Nice. Um, it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But after our three days in uh, okay. Anaheim, we went to San Diego and we our hotel overlooked the aircraft carrier, the USS Midway. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was super cool to see that all lit up and uh, see the fireworks from SeaWorld and stuff from our hotel room and stuff. And uh, just being along the bay, went out to Coronado Island and yeah, did a lot of the, the touristy stuff. Did the so. Hotel Dell and all that. Yeah, we just walked by it. We didn't actually go in. But yeah, drove around a bunch and I uh, went to the San Diego Zoo for the boys' birthday. They finally turned six. So uh, that was their their big birthday trip and did uh, did dinner and stuff. So that's very cool. Six is it, it may be different for other people, but I've had a lot of head trauma. And six is like that's the age that I still remember fairly well. Okay, So that's the 
you know, that that's like the imprint days. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool that you, uh, you took them on a big trip like that. Yeah. It was fun. Even if it was California. Uh, sorry for everybody who lives out in California. I, I, it's a nice place to visit. <laughs> I was glad to be back and have like a pocket knife and all the stuff I normally carry in my pockets again from flying. Yeah. I mean, you can have it. You just can't get caught with it. <laughs> yeah, I did check a bag. So I had like a little Swiss Army A-locks, just like a one blade with a bottle opener Swiss Army knife that I carried because I didn't want to like risk anything better kind of getting swiped because I've because I've had knives in the my check bag get swiped before. Uh, that's why I stick a set of steak knives in there. Okay. Yeah. You know, Nice three and a half, four inch blade works as a shiv. You don't mind if it gets confiscated. If they confiscate one, you've got 11 more. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh, all righty. Uh, do you have anything else for what you've been up to? Uh, no, went out to the river, did a little unwinding and now I'm back to working my ass off. Yeah. I saw some pictures of you. Uh, you got like a whole, whole pig out of the, the river, didn't you? Yeah. So, uh, Ethan was in town for a week after Blade, so we did kind of a combination Beckerhead gathering, Dogwood family, and uh, a buddy of mine runs a farm, so he gave me a deal on a a, a nice little pig, and uh, one of my buddies, Chef Ralph, came out, and uh, we did Low Country Boil one night, and then we cooked uh, cooked a whole hog the next night. So this is a Low Country Boil, like crawfish and stuff or uh actually it's more of an east coast so it's um uh kielbasa shrimp corn and potatoes okay uh, all boiled and um traditionally it's old bay but man i'm a i spent too much time in new orleans not to use zatarans no i'm still an old bay fan yeah well it's america you have the right to be as wrong as you want to be <laughs> Nice. Although there's a place down here that does boardwalk fries, which is malt vinegar in Old Bay, and hmm. it's pretty damn good. I get I got to give Old Bay its credit. Yeah, yeah, we always do that with crab legs and like Dungeness crab. So, yeah, uh, yeah want to give a shout out to our premium sponsors, uh, Chance Knife Supply. We got to meet a bunch of them at the at Blade Show. Uh, the this show we're going to be talking a bunch about blade show but uh it was great to meet a whole bunch of the jance crew and if you use uh discount code kp grip you'll get 10 percent off the handle materials that they have there and they had a whole bunch of them there at blade show and it was cool to see see all of them laid out yeah they were every time i went by their booth they were probably three deep yeah and then we got to meet or see Dan and Natasha from Atlas Materials, another great sponsor of the podcast. They're doing a bunch of great things there. Um, I know Dan and Natasha were handing out a bunch of little samples, and then they had a ton of cut up uh, G10 colors with their color code and stuff on there, giving those out to a lot of different makers. That that helps a ton with just knowing what color is which, because AB-2, AB-5, like what's the difference between those two blues and stuff. Sometimes your monitor doesn't show them, but you can actually get a whole swaths of them. And uh, that's super helpful. Yeah. Cause the, the red on my monitor is not always the red that polishes up in my shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like cherry color. Yep. yep. 
that's one of the great things about living close. I can just drive by and see them. So, yeah, since I couldn't, since I couldn't come to the uh, file class, I may, uh, I may just have to come up, see you do a, do a private file class and then run over and see them. Yeah. Yeah. We can make a whole thing. You go by and see spin too. No take backs. You said, yes, I'm booking a flight. (laughs) Yeah. It spins like, his shop's like 20 minutes away and my really? boys love going to his, his shop. I, I think I may have mentioned this before, but he has like a water cooler, one of those five gallon water coolers. Yep. So when you push the water and then the, the goes bubbles glug, go glug, 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 glug. Our, my boys just love that. <laughs> and then I think every time we've been to spin shop, we've stopped at Buffalo wild wings afterwards. So uh, that's been one of their favorites. So let's be honest. It was Hooters, wasn't it? No, it's actually Buffalo Wild Wings. It's like literally like less than a mile or half a mile, quarter of a mile. It's like literally like right around the corner. So, yeah, I got to come up and see all you fine Yankee gentlemen. Yeah, we'll line, we'll line up a whole bunch of people to come down and uh, hang out. Maybe we'll enter, do a thing at my house or something. Maybe we'll see. Um, I got to do it soon. It's about to be winter up there. Mm hmm. I mean, y'all yeah. got what, like another two weeks of summer left? No, we're good. We're good pretty much until November. The end of November is when we start to get some snow. December, we usually don't get our snow or really get snow until late December to through February. Yeah, dude, it can be winter without snow. Like once it's below, say, 55 degrees, that's freaking winter. Yeah, but it's, 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 you can, you can have a big, you can have a rip roaring bonfire, man. I, I did that last week. Yeah, but you don't, <laughs> you aren't sweating your balls off. No, no, no. So the fire <laughs> produces some dry heat, which evaporates the sweat that's on your body. Uh huh. Which cools keep, you keep, down. Keep telling yourself that. Which is why I stand <laughs> naked around my bonfires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that image was free. <laughs> it's just a little gift from me to you. Enjoy uh, it for the rest of your life. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Atlas Materials. We got a little off the rails on that yeah. one, but uh, thanks for being a great supporter of the podcast. And we got to see Greg and Sean, uh, Phoenix Abrasives. They got to spend all a Blade show next to them. So it's fun seeing them. Uh, I got asked a whole bunch to do like chef knife critiques and tons of the people were like bushcraft guys that are starting to make kitchen knives and i sold like six of those 3m convolute wheels to round over the spines and stuff off the phoenix table for them so you know actually i think we should do i think we could do a whole show on the transition from bushcraft to kitchen knives i don't know much about the transition i just pretty much went straight to kitchen knives that was my first first knife um i made the transition and fortunately i had chefs mixed blessing Fortunately, I had chefs to help me make that transition. Unfortunately, chefs are brutally honest and really don't give a damn about your feelings. (laughs) Um, Yeah, lots of people don't. Yeah, but I had I had made bushcraft knives and I thought it was just a change of shape. And it's really um, it's truly a whole nother world. I pretty much had to start from ground zero and completely relearn knife making. Yeah, you got to do it a lot thinner. It, it's thinner and it's different geometry and the interaction between the handle and the belly of the knife is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's push cut versus rock chop. Um, nobody chest levers in the kitchen. I mean, the 
the geometry is a completely different setup. Yeah. And so, you got to round over the spine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Phoenix Abrasives, make sure you use KP10 to get 10% off all of your orders there. They have Rhino Wet and all of the abrasives you could possibly want. So Dan, I love the purple belts too on hardened uh, kitchen knife steel. So make sure you check them out. I just heat treated a buttload of um, Magna Cut. Yeah. Um, and ordered three boxes of purple belts. And I hope that I have some left when I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, you should try it. Try the 36 grit incinerator on there. I, that for Magna Cut, that worked a lot better. Yeah. Uh, um, but unfortunately, they just make it in 36 grit. They don't make it in any of the finer grits. It took me a little while to just suck it up. And on some of that Magna Cut, once it's hardened, I really do have to use a 36 grit belt to set the bevels. Mm hmm. Um, which crazy. was so contrary to what I thought I knew. It took me a while to finally just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Big Chris was uh, the guy that talked me into doing a bunch of that. He was talking about grinding S30V and S90V and stuff and uh, on his big competition choppers and stuff. Doing like three eighths or half inch thick steel. Like it was like crazy grinding. Yeah, when we get to shout outs, uh, remind me, I've got, uh, for better or worse, a guy decided, and he set himself up right, he did everything right, but decided he was going to do Magna Cut for his first knives, mm -hmm. um, and nailed the uh, heat treat right at 63 Rockwell. I got a series of text messages, sorry, text messages today about hand sanding uh, Magna Cut at 63 Rockwell. See, or I, I, all of my stuff has been 64, um, but yeah, it was all my S ground uh, chef's knife. It took me over three hours to hand sand it. Yeah. So. I mean, it it is absolutely brutal. And the only thing I could tell him was first, no matter from here on out, everything else you do will be easier. And <laughs> I'm laughing not at you, but at our shared misery. Yeah. Make sure you get some of those uh, hand sanding sticks and help you make it suck a little less. I actually did mention sanding buddies to him. Yeah, those are I sold a bunch of those. They're they're great. Yeah, Blade Show. Yeah. Um, I uh, like the big hard black uh, rubber. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, then you we just have old cut me off. You're not going to let me get started, <laughs> are you? <laughs> So we also have Old Town Cutlery is one of our premium sponsors, too. You can use discount code KP10 on all your orders. Lee Lee would had a whole army with him there. I didn't actually have to help him set up his his booth this year, but made it over Davis. there. And he he had it all labeled a lot better than he had the previous years. And he said he, he practiced setting it up and taking it down once before they before the show. So he had it all fresh in his mind and it went together like super quick. They've exploded, and I was really impressed with his salespeople aren't just placeholders. Like, he's put some time and effort into to teaching them. They they were extremely knowledgeable. Yeah. It's always great to see Lee and Melissa. They're, they're really nice people. And I also got some more of their uh, CA glue accelerator uh, in the little spray pump bottles. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the aerosol that I had been getting for the stick fast. So I, I got a bunch of my, my super glue from uh rockler just because it was super easy yeah. and I was already there for other stuff. And uh, I bought, or 
the spray or the it's yeah the spray bottle like the aerosol bottles it just like sprays the glue everywhere too and i didn't know uh, this I did, existed yeah yeah they make it in the the aerosol bottles but the spray bottles are way better yeah uh, so don't don't try it <laughs> I, no we have always said we can't tell you what to do but we sure as heck can tell you what not to do yeah uh one of the guys that i worked with he would not tell you what not to do. He would just say, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> or he said, or he would say, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> you could do it that way. <laughs> if you were a dumbass. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's always great to see them. Um, yeah. Make sure you get, they, they're, uh, uh, they sell star bond and G flex. Uh, two of the things that are uh, two of the best products that I, that I know of for adhesive. So make sure you check those out. And then we've got uh, dealers for cage daily knives and dogwood custom knives. We've got old town cutlery. Like we mentioned just a second ago, they uh, sell both cage daily knives and dogwood custom knives. Lee got 10 of the knives that I had from blade show that he's selling down there. So make sure you check those up, check those out soon for the, on his website. And you can get, uh, dogwood custom knives at knife center and the cook station and you can pick up a bunch of knives of cage daily knives at Northside cutlery uh kevin if you are looking for something let him know he got a bunch of different makers in so make sure you check him out he doesn't have them on his website but if you message him he can send you some pictures i'm sure so and definitely check those out a, we've got a new dealer coming soon in uh Asheville, north carolina nice uh they just uh, just got their property or just got their storefront. So they hopefully will be in business in the next 60 days or so. So cool. if you're in the if you're anywhere near uh, Asheville and don't want to come to the beautiful city of Greenville, you'll have another option. Nice. Uh, cool. And upcoming shows, we've got the Midwest Knife Makers Guild Hammer in August 19th through the 21st. Uh, I will be teaching my file work class there two of those days. I believe they have us teach a, teach each class twice. But yeah, looking forward to getting to see all the people. The headliner guy is Steve Schwartzer. He's going to be teaching a canister Damascus class. So that's going to be Man. awesome getting to see that. And that guy's a freaking legend yeah and getting to see tracy mickley and a bunch of those guys i think uh peter martin said he was going to be there so i got to talk with peter quite a bit at blade show and he's he's a blast um he uh he actually said it a second time he invited me to his shop there in wisconsin so hey. i'm gonna uh i'm gonna go wreck some material over at his shop sometime you absolutely should yeah him and uh cory were talking about that hydraulic rolling rolling press that they have so i think that's going to be great for rolling out some uh billets that i can use for kitchen knives getting it down thin you know that's that you know there's a danger there i'm going to want to build one yep <laughs> yeah well i've got an anvil now or i got a little 30 pound holland anvil so you know it's not all about the size it's how you use it <laughs> yeah i mainly got it for straightening blades so i've got a little bit more surface area than the the back of my my vice and i can have it over on the workbench closer 
a little bit sol- more solid. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And then we've got the Twin Cities uh, knife show that's up in the Minneapolis area. Uh, I had the yep, right here. It's in Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah, the and people can't see that, dude. I'm reading it, Dan. Hold oh, on. Okay. <laughs> it's the, the Marriott Hotel um, is the, the hotel that's closest to the convention center there. And there it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the September 20th to October 2nd. So definitely check that out. And they're minutes away from the airport, and they said there's a free shuttle service. So uh, walking distance to Mall of America for any of your other family members that might not want to go. And then it says 15 minutes to the Minnesota Zoo, which uh, Tracy Mickley and Peter Martin said is really a really nice zoo. So uh, if you've got some family and want to make it a whole family weekend, uh, there you go. Um, we should probably also add uh, Blade Show West. It's right there. Oh, you're, t- you're literally typing right below it, Dan. I, you know what? <laughs> Look, I got in the sweet baby Jesus a little early tonight, okay? <laughs> yeah, Blade Show West, October 5th through the 7th, and that's going to be out in Salt Lake City. I don't know if, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. We're still trying to figure it out. That's like right at the start of school for my wife, which is like the craziest time for her. So I've already paid for my table and my birthday is the sixth. So come by, say, hey, there'll probably be alcohol involved. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Okay. No, no, no. I'm turning 49, not 50. Never mind. We're cool. Uh, all right. Uh, shout outs. Shout outs. Yeah. All right. A number one shout out. Our man, Clay, Clay Alders, friend of the show, all around good guy, phenomenal human being, really salt of the earth. Angel among men wrote a phenomenal article about podcasts, um, specifically knife podcast how they kind of came to be for some of the other older generations, how they can find them, what they are and the effect that they're having on the industry. And he happened to mention us and some other lesser podcasts, but mostly us. I mean, that's the important <laughs> thing you need to know. Yeah. Um, it's on the online edition of knife magazine. So you can go on there, but really if you don't already have a subscription to knife mag, get one. Part of it is it's the old school, really big, like the old shotgun news. Like it is a substantial piece of printing. And I enjoy still reading like a physical item. And I'm trying to think, I can honestly say I have learned something in every issue I've ever read. It's always, it's random, but I've always learned something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're actually going to be in the print version for July. We are. Yeah, um, they're printing. It's not just online. So, yeah, no, it is. It is in mail. I've had a couple of people send me pictures already. For some reason, Greenville seems to be a day or two behind everyone else. No, oh, I haven't gotten mine yet either. Yeah, I, I went to the mailbox and there was nothing there and I had a full on tantrum. 
I came in the house <laughs> like I, I came in the house like a seven year old who dropped his ice cream. Did you have your lip ball put or oh I did pushed out? I did, and my hands were down and my shoulders were all drooped. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it was a great article. Uh Clay did a great job. You mentioned some other podcasts, one that you were on also, the Tops Daily Grind. Yeah. If you haven't listened to Dan on that show, uh, go and listen to him. And then also listen to when they interviewed Ethan Becker. That was a really good show, too. Uh, the Tops Daily Grind. That's one of the ones that I've started listening to more recently, ever since Dan was on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've actually got to got to meet uh, uh, those guys. Um, yeah. Leo uh, and those guys. Leo and Craig. Craig yes, Craig. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Craig, I got to meet both those guys. It was cool to see them and they they just have a ton of knives on their table. It's it's really impressive. So if you if you didn't stop by your their booth at Blade Show is pretty darn cool. And then they also talked about the Knife Junkie. I've listened yep. to to Bob on the Knife Junkie on and off for the the last handful of years. He's been really really been putting out a ton of content. He's a very natural interviewer. Like I've I've been pretty impressed with just kind of the way he brings people out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those were kind of three of the, three of the ones that he had that uh, clay had quotes from us and, and the knife junkie and uh, tops, the tops daily grind. So, but mostly us, that's what you really need to know is it was mostly us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The next guy that I wanted to give a shout out to was a guy that took my, he was actually in my file work class and he was asking me about how to um, improve some of his knives. And we were talking about all sorts of stuff. And then you told um, him a vine pattern, a vine pattern is, is, is how he could improve. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, but a few days after blade show, he posted a video that he got laid off from his job. So he was going to be doing the, the knife making thing full time. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's going to be doing a waffle to help raise some funds. It's $20 a spot. I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be going, but definitely try to help out one of our makers get, get some money raised to, to start out on his journey. He, he just built a shop. And was getting it set up and stuff when this all happened. Um, so hopefully it's a, a step in the right direction. Sometimes bad luck can bring about some of the the best stuff. So uh, rooting for you, Travis. And I already got two spots. I told him that if uh, if I win, he needs to incorporate file work on there somehow. Oh, so but, yeah, it'd just be an <laughs> insult if he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'll or run. I told him he just should put some file work on there altogether but he's doing an eight inch chef knife and he's kind of doing a wah uh slash kind of western style mashup so he's kind of doing like a hexagon top and then kind of like some belly uh on the bottom of the handle kind of a combination hmm. handle looks kind of cool from the the picture that he uh the concept photo it, it concept is hard photo. to go full time it's got to be even harder when you're forced into full time yeah um, yep. I assume you'll have a link to uh, go check out his waffle. Uh, you message him through Instagram or TikTok, uh, right. but I'll try to have those linked in the show notes. All right. So I'll, I'll find him. Yeah. All right. Super excited. 
like totally geeking out little girl. I think it's squeeing, squealing. Like when you get really excited and you do the the uncontrollable. Ah! <laughs> I know there's a term for it. I, I know there's a term for everything, but I swear there's a specific term for this. But uh, Mad Max <laughs> knife scales. Okay. And I am truly deeply excited about this. Matter of fact, I kind of don't want to tell everybody about this. Because when I do, everybody's going to pile in and they're going to buy, start buying stuff and he's going to get even back ordered. And then it's going to be even longer before I get the that I want. And really, this is about you, how you I mean the good me. stuff you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it looks like uh, Cravex is back. Um, Robert Blanchard, um, Mental Co., uh, really groundbreaking uh, micarta techniques where he had an image that would go all the way through the micarta uh-huh. so that when you shaped the handle, it was paper micarta, but when you shaped it, the image stayed consistent. And when things started to fall apart over there, I bought everything he had and I've been rationing it out just a little at a time because I thought this is all it was ever going to be. Um, new guy. I'm not clear if he reverse engineered it. I think he actually learned the technique from Robert. I'm not sure. To be honest, I don't really care. What I'm focused on is his back because it is an amazing material. Um, I've ordered four sets. So once they come in, I'll put them on some knives. I'm not giving it the knife perspective seal of confidence yet, but I am so excited. Um, so the four sets, was it the, like, is he doing like the forest floor and stuff or is he just doing the paper micarta stuff? Right now he's just doing the paper micarta stuff. The forest floor was plant stone. Okay. And don't think I haven't blown up his messenger about uh, whether or not he's going to do that because believe me, I want to get back into the beer hops and the rosemary thyme handles and like the, the food themed handles that I was able to do before. Yeah. But right now, I always love those cattails also. That was some of my favorite. Those are badass. I've got three handle sets left. And like every time I start to use them, I'm like, is this the knife? And I listen to the universe. Okay. This is the knife. (laughs) Um, Nice. But uh, from what I can tell, it is the same product with better organization um, for the Cravex. Uh, Like I said, I bought four handle sets. As soon as they come in, he's already back ordered. So, I'm really concerned that all four of our listeners are going to reach out to him. Look, do me a favor. If you do at at least mention that you heard about it here on the knife perspective so that maybe I'll get my order bumped up just a little bit. I mean, help your brother out here. Yeah. But like I said, I ordered four sets. I'm going to put them through a couple of, uh, I'll put them on a couple of knives and put them through the ringer and see, but, from speaking to him, it seems to be, like I said, the same product, but better organization. Gotcha. Um, and he does uh, custom orders for a very slight upcharge. So I'm already thinking maybe uh, some knife perspective themed handle sets. Yeah. Um, I think cool. we're going to have our man at uh, Pulse Rifle Romance. I mean, he's already going to do the next Blade Show stickers. I might have him work up a, uh, a graphic. And maybe we'll do a limited series of uh, handle sets. Yeah. 
Maybe we can finally do that uh, collaboration we've been talking about for multiple years. Oh, we totally. Sh- <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. Oh, the second and the next one is mine too. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop right These there. Are mine. Should we switch up the order or just can we make it like the minute of Dan? Uh, whatever you want to do, or it's going to be a lot of me talking later. All right. All right. Let's, let's make it all about Dan for a while. <laughs> I'm not afraid. All right. Um, finally got to properly meet uh, grumpy grunt. Uh, he's a, got a really cool little YouTube channel. Uh, does some really fun videos, very knowledgeable guy, but he throws some entertainment in there. Uh, I went on and did a, uh, a live cast with him. Uh, he's got one of my Mexican skull uh, laser engraved knives. Uh, and we've been back and forth. It's like I'd know him, but I've never actually laid eyes on him until this show, which is one of the things I love about Blade Show is you can actually meet these people you've been talking to. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome to to finally properly meet him. Yeah. And then this is. Yeah, I, he was at your dinner. It was great to talk with him, too. I, I hadn't watched a ton of his videos um, I know you had mentioned him a few times and I watched a few videos that he talked about your knives, but yeah, got a, or I've been subscribed to his channel for a little while now too. So definitely go check him out on YouTube. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got that rare combination of fun and knowledgeable. Uh, this next one, again, I'm really hesitant to mention these guys because They're going to blow up and they're going to get back ordered just like everybody else. But, you know, knife respective family circle of trust. I'll let y'all know first. Um, Valhalla Knives. uh, They just moved some new equipment in. So don't call them for a little while. But they are doing something that I really wanted to do it, but I'm a little late in life for making major changes. Like I'm more in feathering the nest egg stage of life rather than major investment in things like stage of life. But they are doing, they're going to do production runs of between 250 and 2000 pieces, which yeah, it's a lot. But when you're a small company like us looking to make the transition to that, that next big step, Unless you got three or four million dollars just laying around that you weren't doing anything with. You can't afford the tooling to make that next big step. And this is a way to bridge it where you can start to put your toe in the production market without having to invest in either three million dollars worth of equipment or 10,000 blades. They are hitting that sweet spot of Makers that have proved a pattern, proved their market, and they're ready to start producing in volume. And uh, on a separate project with a, a much bigger, more notable maker than me backing me, I've spent a year and a half trying to find production capability. And it's just not there. Um, these guys, they're veteran-owned. Uh, they're all U.S. Uh, production. And their goal is to hit, like I said, the, they've got a 250-piece minimum. They'll run up to 2,000. So when you've got that pattern that's, that's proved, you put your time in, you're ready to make the step to 
doing small batch production. These are the guys that are going to be set up to run. Uh, they were at Blade. Uh, they had some examples. Their machining is on. Um, even better, they uh, they bought a couple of new machines so they could start doing thin, deep grinds for kitchen knives. Right now, they're ready to do you know tactical and outdoor knives, some of the the shorter grinds on heavier blades. But they're tooling up to do kitchen knives, which I think is going to put them head and shoulders above everybody else. Because the other thing that I have learned that, you know, machinist is a specialty. Knife machinist is a subspecialty. Culinary knife is a sub-sub-subspecialty. But there are very few people that are set up to be able to grind hard blades that thin with that high of a grind. And they are specifically setting up equipment to do that. So definitely put them on your radar. Uh, some of you guys that are ready to start making the dip, the, the move to production, this is going to be the route to take. Nice. Um, plus, there's some pretty cool dudes. Yeah. yeah. You want to jump, jump in or can, can we just keep making it all about Dan? I want to talk about Broadbeck Ironworks. I uh, got to see all so those guys and hang out with those guys for a while. Uh, got a big 14-inch wheel that I'm going to try to do some some more tighter radius hollow grinds or uh, S-grinds. So going to try to not quite go as high, but uh, kind of have more of like a diamond shape down towards the bottom um, to try to help with some more of the food release got an order when I was talking to a guy about it that he goes, yeah, I want one of those in Magna cut and I want you to hand sand it. And it was like, <laughs> uh. and I was let like, me prepare your loan documents now. <laughs> yeah. So I gave him a, gave him a price and he goes, sure. <laughs> it was like, Oh, <laughs> Damn it, I should have asked for more. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's got a couple of cage daily knives already. So, um, be a good one to test it out so um i also was checking out their new sharpening system because i still hand sharpen all my mid techs on stones mm -hmm. which i realized is terribly inefficient but i'm me and uh i was checking out their sharpening system and i it might be about time for me to invest in i'm i've gone from sharpening like seven a week to 17 and 20 a week and mm -hmm. it might be time to to start looking at some automated sharpening and that's that's the direction i'm looking yeah yeah it looks like a great machine i know they they let uh big hand dave borrow one um i forget how he was involved with the person for father's day um but he was sharpening sharp he was at a, a market near him that he uh was doing free sharpening for anybody um that came by in in honor of the the person he was uh friends with so i can't i can't That's remember how he was phenomenal related. human I, being yeah uh, it was great meeting dave and his his wife um that's one of the people i have in the the list of people that i was going to fly through to make sure we got to but I, yeah i've talked to him a couple of times i've got to hang out with him he's just a good human being um when we did uh, the cutting competition in Portland for kitchen knives, uh, he kind of, he gave me some really good advice. And then 
as we're looking at some other ways to do kitchen competitions, he's been a great source of like how to lay out courses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's been, he's been very free with information that, I mean, it, it had a lot of value and he was perfectly happy to just get on the phone and, and help me. Have I said yet? Yes. Do kaboom. Okay. <laughs> so I can't say again. <laughs> I prefer you not. Okay. Well, I won't say it again, <laughs> but he just didn't give a flip. Sure. He was perfectly willing to just sit down and, and dole out advice built on years of experience. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a great help. Uh, one of the other people that I wanted to give a shout out to was Hap Stanley. I talked to him some about stone sharpening and stuff, and I ended up getting one of his long uh, diamond straps. It doesn't quite give as good of a polish as the uh, the leather straps that I use with some of the gunny juice, but it definitely, I use the one micron strap on a buddy's knife that I stopped through uh, on my way back from Blade Show and said hi to him. He's like on my drive home and he goes, uh, I think I might need to get your knife that you, that I bought last year sharpened and I didn't have anything with me except that one micron strap and just uh about two minutes going back and forth on the strap and that thing was like pretty close to being back to brand new sharp so uh i wish i would have just bit the bullet and bought the three pack so i can ask a whole bunch hey can you bring your sharpening equipment over so you can sharpen some of my kitchen knives and i'm like yeah let me pack up all of my crap <laughs> and bring it to your house um but i actually because I've gotten asked that and the kitchens that I go to, I actually now have like a canvas tool bag. And again, it helps that I do all stones mm -hmm. that, that everything folds into. So I, I've cut down a strop so it fits in that. And I've got a, a little canvas bag that I carry around for just yeah. that reason. I put it all in my backpack, but, um, but yeah, it's still, it's still a pain. Like, you got to take all the stuff out and set it all up. And look, if you're not cooking me dinner, I ain't sharpening your knife. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully we can get Hap on to talk about some of his stone sharpening stuff. He's done a lot with the Japanese stones and stuff. And it's really doing some some cool stuff that's not a lot of other sharpening companies are doing. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to have some more sharpening guys on because there's a there's a gap in my knowledge when it comes to stones. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's what I do the vast majority of my sharpening on. But as I've started to dive into stones, I've realized there's a lot of information there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been using a super sharp, like 220 grit belt just to, to knock the secondary bevel on. And then I've been using the those vitrified diamond, the thousand grit. And, yeah. uh, I do 1000, 3000 and then do three micron and one micron straps. And like the, those things are like wicked razor sharp. I really yeah, want to get one of those best testers and do the, the filament <laughs> chop to see how, what the gram is on there. So, um, 
I have actually ordered several of the vitrified stones. I got one in a thousand grit just to kind of check it out. Mm -hmm. And I really regret not buying like a full spread of stones. So I've, I've already put a standing order in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty awesome. One of the, no, 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 no. You're, you're good. Had enough. It's time for Dan time. All right. Go Dan. All right. All right. D cast and designs. You already talked about that person. No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm just pulling your leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to bleed out another doom <laughs> and I don't. Cue the elevator music. This was a last second and back to Clay. Clay came by the booth like 15 minutes left in the show on Sunday. and had this really cool little folding knife. And it became a, like a mad sprint to get over to his table before, he, before the show shut down. Big shocker. It's carbon fiber. I'm a carbon fiber whore. I'm comfortable with that. But I li- it's a really slim, light design. So when I'm wearing slacks or something like that, it doesn't, it's easy to carry. It doesn't break the lines of your slacks. Um, and the cool thing is it comes with uh, about a two inch blade, two and a half inch blade and a bottle opener, but it comes with a spare blade. You can take the bottle opener off and put a little blade in so that you've got like a long drop point and a little Warncliffe point or a uh, a bottle opener which yeah it's it, it it's gimmicky but it's really cool i like the thought out process but what i really like about it is it's very light and it's very slim yeah it's uh, a nice little slip joint uh by itself and it has a bottle opener yeah so. that could be a little worn cliff if you wanted it to yeah yeah i i I actually, I, I think I'm going to try to get him on the show. I've done a little research since I imports, bought, impulse bought the knife and he's been doing folders for quite a while. Uh, and I think there's a, I think there's a font of knowledge there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to get into doing some slip joint stuff eventually. I know I've been saying that for a long time, but. Uh, it, the upfront investment on that is, is significant. That's the reason I haven't started yet. Yeah. I still want to do a couple. I really want to do that Tony Bowes Zulu pattern. Um, so, uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right. All right. Hang on. Go for it. Show notes. No, no. You've, we've done Broadbeck already. Turns out we had that on a double list. Yeah. Uh, Forest Hanks. Uh, Grumpy Grunt gave me one to... And I really like it. Um, 
he puts a microfiber backing on it. So it's actually useful. It's not just the background for your pocket dump picture. Mm -hmm. Um, Really well made. They're beautiful. It is a great background for photos, but I like the fact that it's got a, a microfiber on the back. Yeah. Keep going. Keep talking. Yeah, no. What are, you, what are you doing, man? This was one of my little Hanks that I got a while back. Oh. Isn't that cool? That is cool. The Enterprise. That is gone where no man has gone before. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever bring myself to actually sneeze in it, but I, I just thought, it, or when I saw him, it's that Shadowborn Hanks guy. He doesn't uh, uh, doesn't really do any anything anymore. Uh, he got out of the custom order stuff. So. All right. So just for everybody that couldn't see it, it was a really cool uh, Starship Enterprise theme. Mm-hmm. Hence the where no man has gone before. It was. It was an awesome comment if you had actually seen the Hank. Yeah. Which you can't because one of us is ugly and we won't be on video. Yeah. NCC 1701, the the original series one. Ah. So. You're not just a geek. You're an uber geek. Yeah. I've watched all of the original <laughs> series quite a few times through. That was another I, one of if my. You haven't seen, if you haven't seen it at least three times. Don't call me friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble with triples. Um, yeah. So one of the other ones that I got that was super awesome to to finally meet the guy, Marco uh, Panella, I think is how you say his last name. He's Italian. Um, you're going to ask the dyslexic guy. I'm not asking. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, you're putting a question mark on it. So yeah. when you mispronunciate it. Yeah. But Marco was super awesome. I got one of his eye vices. It's a. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. I want one of those. Yeah. So uh, he he hand makes all of the pretty much all the parts. And uh, it's just it's got double rods for bearings so it's going to be super awesome i want to really uh the bottle openers that i made with the file work really got a lot of great attention at blade show and i want to get those water jet cut and do a lot more file work on those so um look for that and those or that little vice is going to be pivotal for doing some more file work stuff uh you can clamp on the edge and it doesn't want to uh bend over you can really get a tight grip on it he makes some stock with copper faces so you don't have to worry about them marring up and if they do get marred up uh, you can use a heat gun and break the super glue bond and uh, put in some new copper pieces so um, it's super awesome piece i have not been envious of much that you have but that (laughs) that i'm that i'm envious of yeah i was talking to him since like august of last year i think it was and uh yeah he brought one of them to blade show for me to have at the file work class and um super fortunate to get one so that one was super cool um and nathan carruthers uh, he is probably one of the best kept secrets in the industry does really phenomenal CAD work. Um, more importantly, he does really phenomenal production work. Um, 
And even more importantly, and this is one of those things that I stumbled onto and more people should know about, he made the blades that were the number two in both the male and female world championship cutting competition this year. Um, to have made one of those is pretty significant. To have made two blades that were top two in the world, that's that's pretty freaking significant. Yeah. Um, then how I knew it, about him to begin with was uh, he makes some pretty awesome knife making tools too. So he made some C plates for uh, flat grinders. And then you can also do like a rotary platen thing on it. And I've got a bunch of his water cooled chillers and some radius platens and stuff that he did. So um, every so often he does a run of those. Definitely keep an eye out for those. He makes some, some top tier knife making tools also. He's a phenomenal machinist that is a maker. So he's making stuff for makers by a maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And putting it's that kind of a for us, by us kind of thing. Yeah. Putting that little bit of extra mich- or precision in there that really does add up. Um, and he knows what a knife maker needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so to me now. Yeah, I think we're either at the Holland Anvil or Nicholas Impregnated Woods. Yeah. Right. Do the Holland Anvil because I figure Nicholas is like both of us. All right. Simpatico. <laughs> I stopped by the Holland Anvil table, uh, which was kind of funny because when I looked or I was I was walking around trying to find them and uh, I looked them up on the Blade Show app. They actually had my old table my first year at blade show 24 oh that everybody thought was uh, they were looking at for booth 240 instead of table 24 oh uh but i knew exactly where that was so <laughs> i booked it over there and i got a little 30 pound uh anvil it has a horn uh it's got uh actually like a double horn so one horn is like round Very like a cone and the other one's kind of like a uh rectangular or square ish taper uh on the back side and then it also has like a little shelf but i i plan on using it a ton for straightening blades uh giving me a little extra room to straighten blades and stuff on there so the guys were awesome talking with them for a little bit and uh made in the usa it's all uh cast tool steel so it's not like uh that's one that's nice. cast iron and then has a forged top. It's actually all hardened steel. So it's hard all the way through. That's going to last. Yeah. And with the little bit that I plan on using it, maybe I'll do some bottle openers or something, but uh, maybe I'll get into the forging thing at some point. You know, I, the youngest is leaving the house. I've got a little more time. I'm, I'm going to go back to swinging a hammer again. Yeah. I, not as production, not as a, as Stephen Fowler says, sometimes I just feel like hitting shit with a hammer. Yeah. And I, 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 I now have a little more time. I, I might play with some artistic things. I'm, I'm thinking about some archaic techniques and I might start slinging a hammer again. Yeah, you were doing some some uh, tomahawks there for a while. Might get back yeah, into that, actually, huh? Yeah, actually, 
that was kind of the new and old. Those were uh, in S35VN. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been part of my long, long, long process <laughs> of of perfecting the particle steel tomahawk, and I'm I, I I am sneaking up on perfection. All righty, teaser. All right, yeah. Give a give the good folks at Nicholas Impregnated Woods a shout. Man. So really what got me with Nicholas, I've been using them for years and they consistently get really good deep penetration. You know, you, you don't run into the situation where you're grinding a little bit and you take your mask off and you smell petroleum product. Like Everything they've done has been cured all the way through. It's good, solid material. And maybe this year they seem to have kind of kicked it up a notch. They've already always had good grain, good texture. But this year they've had some really cool, like binary two-color materials, some really intricate grain. Like I was really impressed. And one of the things when they uh, were next to the table next to me, uh, the last two years, uh, they wrote all of the the materials on the edge. So you have me to help thank yes. for that. Because uh, thank you. <laughs> I guess I was telling Misha, I was like, I'm not going to remember what all this stuff is. Like, I I'm not I'm not that smart. And then six months from now, when I'm actually using it, yeah. So he he said. Um, last year he uh was like you know what let's just write all that on there and he goes i feel like i sold a whole lot more and i didn't have to answer what wood is this every three seconds yeah Uh, thank you thank you and thank you yeah they also wrote the prices on there too which was awesome instead of the different colored dots so yeah i don't have to try to remember how much the colored dot was that way i specifically know how much i'm upcharging yeah yeah. Um, and they really have always been the gold standard on stabilized wood for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they actually did a little bit of extra sycamore uh, in this batch uh, because I was asking them for it uh, a few months back. So I got some super cool teal colored uh, sycamore you with your influence. Yeah. So and I also got a couple beautiful pieces of redwood and. It has like almost like a goldy looking uh, crazy grain in there. Redwood, Redwood Burl was just so amazing to me. It, like, I can't believe that that's actually like naturally <laughs> made. And then I got a couple of pieces of old growth oak and uh, a couple of pieces of maple. But uh, yeah, Misha and Joe, thanks for all your support. And uh, they came by and snagged a couple couple knives with their handle material on so i got some cool like green and yellow and mm-hmm. um, i don't know the process of how they get the two colors in but it's um it's maple it's burl but it's got a cool you know it shades from green to yellow uh, that i've done two knives with it already and it really finishes out well yeah all of their stuff is awesome um 
we mentioned him before Phoenix Abrasives was killing it with belts. Uh, yeah. John Kaufman, him and I did a trade for a knife. I got one of his USMC Corman knives. Yeah. Uh, that thing, you pick it up, it's just total badass. So, you know the backstory on how he got that pattern? But he actually got one and then cut the handles yeah. off of it and traced Somebody it. brought in a 1940s. It had been their grandfather, you know, Corman Bolo, and the handle was jacked up and they brought him in brought it in for him to fix. Well, I had, and while he had the scales off, he did a full set of drawings, hmm. um, put the scales back on, sent it out the door, but he had the full set of drawings to make accurate reproductions. Yeah. And the guy that did his leather, uh, was making a great sheath too, uh, out of some really heavy leather too. So the whole, the whole well, package, he, great job, John. He came out of the uh, the Andy Rory Gulag as well. Yep. Police officer turned knife maker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Mike, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this last name, but I got a huge piece of Lennon McCarter from him. It's probably like 65 pounds, I think it was when I weighed Damn. it. It's like uh, 12 inches by 18 inches and it's two and a half inches thick. So um now you're just bragging yeah it's 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 a huge chunk and i'm super happy to have it and uh i just love bias cut micarta um some of my favorite stuff so um saw him i bought um some of it from him at the badger show and when i saw him setting up i said you don't happen to have any bias cut micarta do you and he goes uh this is this is the only piece i brought i was like i will take that so pops yep got some of the red fire dog canvas micarta uh that stuff is super cool uh look for that on some upcoming cage daily knives teaser there uh black dragon forge niels vandenberg talked with him a little bit he had these super cool little layout plates um yeah you can use them for he uses them for laying out on his daggers and stuff and anytime i see little especially cheap uh, pieces of knife making equipment. Yeah. It was like, I think the plate was like 30 bucks. So it was not much at all. Uh, I've, I've kicked myself quite a few times for not buying stuff like that, that I've seen before. And then uh, the people stopped making it. Um, so you can't get it. So. Cause you didn't buy it and they went out of business. <laughs> or they just moved on. Uh, but yeah. Well, but Niels that. is a great guy. I believe he got his Master Smith uh, at Blade Show this year. So ah. uh, if you aren't familiar with his Black Dragon Forge daggers, uh, definitely check him out. Those are some top tier stuff. Uh, speaking of top tier people, Tom Crine, uh got to talk with him. Uh, always love talking with Tom. He's a great guy. He bought a straightening hammer and he had some very kind words to say about it on the Mark of the Maker podcast. Huh? Yeah, it was great to hear that it worked so well for him. He had a piece of, I think he was like 60 or 70,000 thick ABL that had potato chipped on him after he heat treated it. And he thought, well, can't do anything with these. And he threw them in the, threw them in the drawer. And he had a big, like one inch. The bucket of knives that will never yeah. be. He uh, had a plate, had like a one inch thick plate. And he said he just, 
uh, wherever it contacted, like, because you have to hit on the inside radius. He said after about five minutes, uh, that 60,000 thick blade was uh, straight enough to use for a knife. So he was going to, he said he was really happy with it. And I was glad to hear that. Uh, Glad to hear lots of people are seeing the same kind of things that I, I've been seeing with it. So thanks for the kind words, Tom, and great to talk with you. And Chad, um, hope you enjoy hand sanding that Magna cut. Um, One of our listeners, friend of the show, friend of me, decided to start doing a little knife making, set up a beautiful shop. And then because he's a masochist, decided to start with Magna cut. And he really hit the heat treat dead on. I mean, he got 63 Rockwell out of it and is now enjoying the pleasure that is hand sanding Magna cut. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the only words of, of, of joy that I could give him was no matter what you do from here on out, it'll be easier than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, if this doesn't cure him from uh, knife making, I'm afraid nothing yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. When I went from back to hand sanding CPM 154, I was like, man, this is like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this doesn't suck yeah. anymore. <laughs> so, uh, one other things that I, Craig that I forgot you. about was I tested for my probationary membership for the knife makers guild. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was super. You had the little red. Yeah, I had tag. the little red tag. So next year I can show four other knives and hopefully get my voting membership. So congratulations. Yeah. Man. I had uh, a guy that you may know sign my application. Uh, Andy Roy was one of the guys. Uh, Dan Peters, another friend that I that uh, was has been a friend of mine for a long time, and he he told me I should have should have submitted my knives for the knife makers guild years ago. Um, but glad to see that I finally took the plunge. And then I had these two other Titans in the knife making realm, uh, the slip joint cartel guys, uh, this guy, Bill Rupel, who got inducted into the hall of fame oh. and Luke Swenson, uh, both signed off on Damn. me for the knife makers guild. So I made sure to take a picture what of my application explain, for that. <laughs> um, Glad to have those two people that thought my knives were good enough to be um, in with theirs. So just remember, I knew you way back when. Yeah. Now we just need to get you, uh, you in there, Dano. Yeah. I, I'll give it a try, man. I'm, you know, I'm not really a judging kind of guy. <laughs> uh, I think you're good enough. You get you, or if I get my voting membership next year, I'll sign your application. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. If Kyle can get in, how hard can it be, right? Uh, one of the other guys that uh, got his probationary membership was Joe D's. So if he can, if he can get in, oh, yeah. any of us can. Uh, he's good yeah. people. Yeah, he got me uh, got me started on those Jocko Fuel Energy drinks, and uh, yeah, um, he also did. Uh, this will segue into a Craig update, but uh, he was really kind enough to uh, to raffle off a custom build and all of the proceeds, not just the profits, all of the proceeds he donated to Craig's recovery. Yeah. Yeah, it was awful nice of him. And whoever whoever got that knife uh, is getting a super awesome build. 
Yeah, he they're getting some. I think the uh, I think the sinker cypress was carbon dated at twenty. Uh, I think five hundred BC. Yeah. Man, it's the, they got a hell of a deal. We'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah, I think um, I think. I think he won the auction. I think he paid like 80 or 90 bucks just for that set of scales. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Whoever's getting that's getting an awful nice knife. And Joe, Joe did made some awesome knives for his judging for the, the knife makers guild. It was great to see some of his work. He does phenomenal work. Um, and has been the driving force behind the, uh, the Louisiana Mm -hmm. guild. Yeah. Um, but I teased a little bit of a Craig update, so I'm going to throw this up mm-hmm. on the end. Um, he's doing really well. Again, thank you all very much for your support. Um, he's in a wheelchair. Uh, he's been moving around really well. The The house needed to be a little bit modified. We've got that taken care of. Uh, although he has been up, I think he's done 110 feet in the walker, which is where he is in the the recovery curve is huge. That's way ahead of. Uh, we had dinner. I think it was last week, and he's getting around really well. Um, working, been working on dexterity. He's a big fly fisherman, so he started. He's able to uh, tie flies again. Yeah, that's amazing. I gotta, I gotta be. I gotta be honest. It's a little embarrassing. Um, the guy recovering from ninety percent paralysis ties better flies than I do. And we're not going to speak of that anymore. <laughs> uh, he posted a video and um, I follow a couple people that tie flies and stuff on Instagram and stuff. And I just get like mesmerized watching them work. And like they, they use a lot of that, like UV curing super glue uh, so they can yep. keep going quickly. And, it just amazes me. I think John Medlin even posted some pictures of him tying flies. And I just, I, it's like a deer in the headlights. I just can't look away. I keep watching. Yeah. And then they start getting into, well, now I'll wrap a little monkey fur. And now we'll be using feathers from the Eastern European snipe. <laughs> like, I mean, some of the material combinations the they European do. European swallow funky. or the African swallow? It depends on the airspeed velocity. <laughs> Yeah, I've never gotten into fly fishing. Uh, I've always just been like a spinning, spinning reel kind of guy. But uh, Clay was telling me he'd love to take me fly fishing and teach me. So uh might have to take him up on that. Uh, Clay was a professional guide for, I think, 19 years. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went out with him, we were just doing it was actually really fun. We were on really, really, really light tackle catching like fingerlings in mountain streams and that was kind of fun but the time i was thinking well this is a lot of work for not much food um and then we hit a couple of larger rivers he was down at uh, uh the undisclosed location and started catching some pretty sizable fish and i started to realize it's all the fun of a spinning reel uh, but works way better in moving water so mm-hmm. it, I'm starting to get the itch. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, uh, I always thought that I would, I'm not coordinated enough and I would hook myself. So as long as you hook other people, it's okay. (laughs) 
Don't go fly fishing with Dan. Check. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All yeah. right. Some people we met, uh, Broadbeck crew. I feel like yeah. we, I mean, we can triple mention them if we want to. Yeah. Ryan, Vince, and Ben, the, yeah. the fortune fire champion, Ben Seacrest. Oh, God. <laughs> I, he, he absolutely straight up won it, but man, I got to hear about it. Yeah. John, or, uh, I didn't actually get to see or John Medlin didn't make it to blade show, but uh, it, he's, he's been calling him champ all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and John had a family emergency and had to bail at the last second, but it is kind of fun to watch the two of them give each other crap. Yeah. Speaking of fortune fire champions, uh, Josh Ferran. Uh, I didn't know that uh, he, that he was even on the show. Uh, apparently he, his was an older show that got put into this season and oh. he won uh, his, he is Josh of all trades on Instagram. And uh, he, he made like a, what was this? Um, does it say what the knife was or what the sword was? I don't remember. Or I don't remember exactly the sword, but was uh, it a Jayhawk yeah. 5,000. Uh, some like big sword. Uh, but he had like a copper wire wrapped handle was one of the criterias and looks really good. He had made it out of 80 CRV two, I believe. And uh, yeah, but he had, he had me look at a couple of his kitchen knives and give him some critiques and stuff. And it was, it was fun talking with him about some of the stuff and forging and him doing some of the integral stuff he's doing. So definitely keep an eye out on him. I believe he said he was going to try to use some of the money to get a, uh, coal iron works uh hydraulic press so that should uh should make some pretty cool stuff there um and then i think we're going to mention uh curtis wright who if he is not now at one point was had the single largest dogwood collection um and then he started picking up these this kyle daly stuff <laughs> i don't know yeah muddied the waters i don't know his collection is is a little different ratio now but yeah uh, pretty sure curtis is a friend of the show and a friend of both of us he also has that uh ethan becker guy a lot of his knives he's yeah he's got one or two yeah, of those. he said that he has like the the biggest forum post of like all of ethan's history like of all the different knives and all the different models with pictures and stuff so He's incredibly knowledgeable and he's got some of the, uh, he's got some prototypes. He's got some stuff that never came to production. Like he's got some of the rear, really rare collectible yeah. as well as a pretty impressive collection. Yeah. And when I was talking with him in the pit, he's 28 years old. I thought he was like easily way older than that. He had no, or I can't, yeah, don't you hate I can't believe it. Yeah. So we, we were talking in the pit for like a couple hours and then the bar shut down and then, uh, we were, we just kept talking and, uh, I had the cooler going and, uh, all of a sudden I was like, man, I'm getting kind of tired. And it was like, <laughs> it was like, Curtis, it's two 30 in the morning. I got to go to bed. <laughs> got, got Friday blade show to go to. So but yeah, Curtis is an awesome He's guy. Helpful. 
he's all young and full of energy and has his wife is an absolute amazing human being. Yeah. She's uh, uh they're actually expecting a kid. So one's on the way. Uh, no, no, has had a kid. Or just had a kid. Congratulations yep. to the the right family. Yep. Now that you're stuck now that you're in the club, we'll tell you what it's really like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so one of the other groups of people that I got to see was uh, I was actually on their podcast, Brian Housework and uh, Brian Cohn do the work for it podcast. And they were also walking around with Nick Tobin, pickle cutter. Uh, he was going to sticker bomb my whole cooler, but uh, I had a keen eye on it there. Nick, uh, mm. he, he had like five stickers you weren't nicking around were <laughs> yeah. you yeah he he had like five stickers ready to go to slap on the side of the cooler so i i only let him get the one on there i need i still need to post that video i've got i've been delinquent on some of the stuff but uh yeah i got a video of him putting his pickle cutter sticker on there so uh yeah and then uh i got to meet I think both of us got to meet Zach Byrne, Byrne Blades. He was the, yep. the guy we gave a shout out to a couple of episodes ago uh, that just graduated from Clemson. So he's starting on his engineering oh, yeah. degree and uh, his knife making uh, journey. Yeah. And it's kind of been fun communicating with him because, uh, you know, my oldest just finished his freshman year engineering student at Clemson. And it's been, it's been kind of funny that, Oh yeah, I was in those dorms. They suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the next step. This is when it gets better. Yep. All right. We also got to meet Neil Green from Double X Knives. Uh, he has that like super cool little like code looking sticker logo thing. Yeah. And he also makes some. He's been a long time listener. Yeah, long time. And is a really cool. Yeah, long time listener. And he also has been making a bunch of like. Uh, kind of slip joint patterns, but fixed blades. Uh, I've really been liking a yeah. lot of those that he's been making recently. Uh, great guy. Good. Uh, good to talk with him. Do you need to take a pee break? Um, I do, but like you were going to mention a couple of people that I didn't get to meet. And uh, you know what? I'll just do what I used to do. And I'll, uh, I'll mute the computer and take you in with no. me. You're just going to be stuck with the video. No, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> got to meet Sean Mullenbelt, 51 Bravo. He was working with the Broadbet guys there. Um, Sean's awesome. Got to see Joe Flowers, a friend of Dan and I also. Joe and Bushcraft Global. Joe did a class uh, talking about machetes, I believe. Uh, it was great to, great to see him and um, got to talk with Jason Hartwell from the Hustle and Grind podcast, JK Blades. Uh, Jess Hoffman, he was like pretty much right across from me. Uh, it was great to to see and talk with him. Big Hand Dave and his wife uh, were always great to talk to. And Les Adams. Uh, I didn't know it, but I actually have had one of Les's uh, knives. So Les does a lot of the Knife Makers Guild um, kind of all the application process and telling people what they need to have, what they need to do for the knife makers guild. And, uh, when I was, when I, he, when I was talking with him on the phone, he goes, have we met before? And I was like, I don't think so. And then, uh, sure enough, when I was looking at some of the other, um, 
guild members and stuff. I saw that he was from Florida and then it sparked in my brain. I think I actually have one of Les's knives and sure enough I do. And it was one of like 20 ish knives that he made that he had at the Kentucky knife show uh, back in 2013. I uh, had the super cool little uh, liner lock, but it has, it's in like a pocket so it can't get uh, dust and uh, sand and stuff in there. Oh. So in Dade County where he was a police officer and bomb squad person, um, he, he, that's EOD. EOD. Or he, he always said Bob Squad. Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Yeah. Any case, um, he, he, he makes some <laughs> of these in carbon fiber now, but he said he only made about 20 of them all in titan- or full titanium. So uh, I've got a rare one, apparently. So super cool. Uh, drank quite a bit of beer with Les in the pit. And uh, as one yeah. should. Uh, <laughs> Joe and I were talking and he goes, Les is over there trying to buy a beer. <laughs> you could offer him one from the cooler. And it was like, Hey, Les, we got the cooler over here. He goes, I actually want to try this one. I'll be over there in a little bit. <laughs> so that's, that's after hours yeah. beer. You don't, you don't waste after hours beer on current hours beer. Um, do you want to give the, the next one? I think is your shout out there. Um, Jason. Jason Knight. Oh, wow. You made it all the way down there. I missed out on Joe yeah. Flowers and Jess Hoffman. Oh, you blew through some names. There is no way you covered Joe Flowers and all of his glory. Oh, maybe not all while of I was shaking the lily. While I was shaking the deuce in the lily. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you want to you say anything about Joe? Uh, I mentioned he taught I, a class. I don't know. I don't know what you said. He yeah. did. It's probably about machetes, I think wasn't so. it? Yeah, absolutely phenomenal human being who I am actually. All right, so we might be short a show in August unless we can double up because end of August, I'm headed back to the jungle with him. Nice. Because I didn't learn the first six times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do that at some point. This year I'm catching a Cayman. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's that's my line in the sand. I've done every other foolish thing that I could do. This year I am going to pounce on a Cayman and drag it out of the water. That sound that sounds or dangerous. I will be making one handed knives. <laughs> you are are you you actually pounce on it? You don't like use like a hook with some chicken on it or something? No, 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 because no, that's. Depending on the size, you may or may not want to let it go. Like if it swallows a hook with chicken, it's it's done for. Like that's um and generally you by the, the spread of the eyes and the distance between a couple of different parts that stick out of the water, you can usually judge the size of them. But if you're wrong and it's a wee tiny little caiman, you you don't want to sentence it to death. Okay. Um but if it's a nice edible size came in shit, import laws, I can't make boots. I'm still eating it. Uh, yeah. The, some of the alligator that I've had at restaurants have been pretty good. I have, I, I may or may not have had alligator in Louisiana and I love yeah. it. It's, it's tender. It's, 
It's like white steak. Yeah. It was kind of like a porkish consistency from what I remember or from what hmm. I had. Similar to shark. I could see that. Oh, God, I love me some shark. Good stuff. Um, off of uh, St. Simon's where we go to the beach, uh, it's a nursery for black tips and Atlantic sharp nose and bonnet. And, I mean, you, you've got to dispatch them quickly and cut away the red meat. But, man, it tastes just like swordfish to mm. me. See, I thought it tasted more like pork, but definitely definitely, I think definitely not chicken. Everybody. No, I think it depends on the species too. Could be. Yeah. Uh, okay, a rough lead in to Jason Knight, <laughs> but uh, great to see him. Uh, he was really gracious and has really helped out with starting the South Carolina Guild, and I will be forever in in debt to him for that. Um, but it was great to to have a few minutes to hang out with him. Um, his daughter Tiger Lily was the, uh, was at the show. Um, it was it was always cool to see her. Um, She's making some really cool stuff. Yeah, she is. I mean, Apple didn't fall far from the tree. Yep. I'm looking forward to uh, to hanging out with him more. He is a fascinating individual. Um, not just being a font of knife knowledge, but just general world knowledge. That's uh, that's a case of still waters running deep. Good metaphor. And then somebody that I wanted to meet that I never ran across, but apparently you got to meet him. Oh, dear. (laughs) Y'all can't see it, but I'm doing like the the doctor, uh, the doctor evil. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. Bob DeMarco came by the booth to say hello to Mm me. How about that? Um, Phenomenal. Great catching up with him. I've really enjoyed his podcast. Um, and I will actually be on. I have a calendar now. Look at you go. Um, well, I know nobody's more shocked than I am. <laughs> uh, I think we are recording July 13th. I'm not sure when it will air, but rest assured, I will let everybody know. Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, he may be on uh, The Knife Perspective coming up. Yeah. Depends on how my podcast goes. So it's like (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. Look forward to having you on, Bob. Learn some more about you. Learn some more about, uh, about you. Hoping Dan doesn't screw it yeah. up. Learning how you bet your wife. Uh, uh, that that is a key question. That really defines. Yeah, I don't birth. think he's answered that on his uh, on his podcast. So, so I'll save it yeah. when he comes on. Um, uh, Jared Sandoval <laughs> was another one that uh, was great to meet. Eco Mountain Crafts. He had his uh, daughter Echo with him, and uh, she's she was doing some. He had a picture of her doing some file work. Uh, the other day on Instagram. So uh, it was great to meet Jared. He got an epoxy bottle holder and a sanding stick. So uh, looking forward to see what he does with that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun meeting him. His daughter is an awesome individual. Um, It turns out she was in fact, not named after the echo five pattern, but a couple of years before that. 
Yeah, the timing was off. I'm still telling the story yeah. that way. Matter of fact, new story. He so loved my pattern, he named his daughter after it. <laughs> nice. Um, I want to thank uh, Will and his son, Bailey, for coming by and saying, hey. Um, he has had a, a really fun career. Well, fun to watch through the military uh, as both a fixed ring and rotary ring pilot and is finishing up. He will be retiring soon. And uh, I think I have been able to corrupt him with an interest in knife making. Hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yet another that we're going to bring over to the dark side <laughs> and not just because we have yeah. cookies and uh, wallow in self hate with hand sanding magna cut. Yeah, <laughs> suffering by the fact that you can see all the imperfections, even if nobody else yeah. can. Uh, and hand sanding. In the <laughs> uh, I got to meet uh, LT Wright and Brian Marinen. He's the the guy that's heading up the Woods Monkey brand. Uh, always great to talk with LT. And they had this really cool banana shaped like slip joint thing. Uh, about as lightweight as you can possibly make a knife so that the handle was actually made out of kydex and they used uh, like a mm -hmm. chicago bolt uh for the pivot and uh a nylon washer i think it was but uh it was a banana shape and had like a tang kind of like a banana that we used to flip the knife around so uh pretty much 80 percent of the That's weight cool. was all just the blade uh so it was like three and a half three and a half inches or so so uh, still big enough to do quite a bit of your uh, all your camp needs. So all the ultralight backpackers. LT Wright. LT Wright is an absolute phenomenal human being. Yeah. Um, early on when I was looking at doing some production work and did my first production run, um, he did the, he did the blades for me and the amount of time that he spent with me and not that I'm anything now, but back then I was way less than I am now. And he took time and invested energy in um, helping guide me through the process that I mean, the amount of time that he spent on my piddly little order, I, there's no way he could have made money on it, but he, with a smile, helped guide me through the process. Yeah. And everybody I have spoken to in the industry, I mean, that's he's kind of the gold standard on how to treat yeah. people. Yeah. When we were driving back to Indiana, um, apparently there was some big wreck by Nashville. So it had us go up farther east uh through tennessee and we actually i was like oh there's a big van oh it says lt right on the side of it <laughs> <laughs> i pulled up next to him and was honking and stuff and he was like just driving along do to do and then uh i couldn't tell who was in the passenger seat but i saw him kind of like point and then lt looked over and then he saw me and waved but uh kind of startled him there i guess but that was pretty funny. Uh, got to meet the David C. Anderson. Always great to, to see the, the face of Knife Center on YouTube. And uh, 
he always has some great perspective on knives and stuff. Love to uh, hear any feedback and stuff he has about different patterns. Uh, got to see Joshua Schwanigan again. One of the the great uh, people that has seen everything in the knife industry for the last handful of years. Uh, he's been there, done that. He's a he's also a, a Jungle Joe Survivor alum. Oh yeah. Yep, he went on the very first trip. Really? Did you go on the very first trip? I did. That's one of the reasons oh, I know. Nice. Um, and. You know what? I'm just going to go out. I'm going to tell the story. I might get in trouble. For you might this. need to get closer to the microphone. Joshua. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Is that better? I could barely hear you. I was doing the cool guy leaning against the back of my chair thing. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think Joshua is going to get upset about me telling this story, but you know what? I'm going to go for it. Um, I thought he was a pretty experienced traveler down in South America. And we went out with a couple of the locals and we went to this cool spot and they brought some drinks out and I started to take a sip and they mentioned it was syrup and tap water. I'm like, Oh no, that's fine. And they brought out the plate and it had a salad and a couple of other things. And I looked down the table and Joshua has downed the entire drink that was tap water and syrup and is eating the salad. I'm like, uh, it's, it's too late now. <laughs> I got back into my room and, and, and I had a little rumbly tumbly. So I went ahead and started on my cycle of Cipro and we were headed out into the bush. And that first trip was a no shit. Like we took the truck till the road ended and then we took a donkey trail and then at some random point, we took a hard right turn and it was 10 hours of breaking trail through the jungle. Like it was a, it was a hardcore trip, the first trip. And I, you know, we showed up to breakfast at six in the morning and my stomach still wasn't quite right, but between the, the antidiuretic and uh, the, the Cipro, I was, I was feeling pretty good. Joshua mixed breakfast and he shows up just in time to get on the truck and is white as a sheet and is sweating. I can only imagine how bad he felt and he sucked it up and did the entire baton death march through the jungle. Um, at one point they just assigned a guide to him and it was like, just get him there because like every 30 steps, Joshua would have to step off the trail and then step back on the trail. I, I honest to goodness, I do not know how he did it. He had to be brutally dehydrated, um, running a fever, sick as a dog and did 10 hours of breaking trail. Like, yeah, now he knows not to eat the salad, <laughs> but more importantly, I was so incredibly impressed by his just ability to suck it up. Hmm. Nice. Um, so for, for people that haven't traveled so much, why don't you, do you just not eat the salad because it's washed in the, the water and stuff or. So different countries have different hygiene standards. 
And also, if you travel far enough away, the the stomach bug, every environment has different viruses, etc. And usually you're immune to the ones in your area. If you go too far outside of your area, you can expose to new things. Um, in the area we were in, uh, Leticia is right on the, the frontier. It's... Um, so you avoid things like you avoid the tap water, which everybody knows, but they'll drink a Coke and not think about where the ice came from. And then that'll get them with a stomach bug. Um, things like salads, anything that hasn't been cooked, that doesn't have a skin that needed to be peeled is a great vector for especially stomach ailments. Mm. So the general rule when you're moving to a, a very different environment like that is don't drink the tap water and don't eat anything that hasn't either been thoroughly cooked or was peeled. So like lettuce that's washed in water and then chopped yeah. up tends to be dangerous. Um, fruits and vegetables that have to be peeled tend to be safer. Hmm. Um, huh. So he kind of got a double dose. Now you know. Yeah. Learn from my mistakes. Don't make them yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Which is really the best mistakes to learn from other people. Uh, um, Mike and Sarah from Soulbound Leather. Uh, It's great to see those two. Sarah is always, uh, always has some extraordinary pieces on her table. I think she had the the one she made for Jason Knight a year ago or so the like rhinoceros. Um, whether she, um, she does some, some unbelievable carving and stuff in the leather. Just crazy. Cool. She does phenomenal tooling. Um, and she's got a laser so she can do some really cool stuff too. Um, she did, uh, I think for, yeah, it was Christmas. I gave the, the boy, the boys and I all got matching wallets that she had done for us. Um, she did a journal cover for me that I take on some of my trips. Nice. Um, whenever people want custom sheath work, that's, that's who I send them to. Nice. Uh, um, also got to talk with spin spelt Steltzer. Uh, yep. spin? is it spin or spin? spin. Yeah. Spin. Okay. Um, got to meet his, I think he said it was his cousin, brother, Tim. Um, I made a, uh, a purple, uh, Swiss army knife. He had me use some purple G10, uh, for the, the covers. Um, I guess Tim likes, likes some purple in his life. So, uh, it was super cool to get to meet him and, uh, we mentioned it before, but Lee and Melissa, uh, from old town cutlery was great to, to see them again. Uh, you jumped right over that. That spin does all of my all of the sheaths that that come with the knives for me are spin through JRE. Yep. He now does all I mean, the ones for cage daily knives the, too. Yeah, bang for the buck. Simple sheaths, you can't beat them. Yep, they're great working sheaths. And he's making the back pocket sheath for me now. So, ooh, the little mm-hmm. combo. Yeah, he's got all the dies made up, oh. and he's stamping out. Uh, 36 of them so 
for an upcoming project that cool. uh, the listeners may want to jump on. They absolutely will want to jump <laughs> on it. Um, and if we forgot you, uh, sorry, we just uh, we're we're now at a hour and forty eight minutes of recording time. So, uh, and I was sober back then, so I can't remember it now. Although you really briefly touched on Lee and Melissa, and I feel like they they deserve their own moment. <laughs> what do you want to say, Dan? Um, other than that, he has a phenomenal eye for picking up makers mm-hmm. and does a really ju- good job of supporting them. And Melissa is a phenomenal human being is really the, the one you want to talk to because Lee's got a great eye, but his social skills are not what Melissa's <laughs> are. I mean, she is an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, Melissa was eyeing one of, one of my pocket bushcrafters. And um, when Lee came and grabbed a couple of kitchen knives and stuff off my table at the end of the show, um, Melissa said, did you get my knife? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know what your knife was. <laughs> and she goes, I told you you would forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> so she came and got a couple of the pocket bush crafters off the table. She is absolutely awesome. People. Yeah, she got a super cool one that has some like, uh, I think it's called witty teal shockwood. It's kind of like uh, teal black and white and maybe kind of like some silver oh. in there. Uh, super cool resin pour hybrid handle. So, you know, I just realized if we go for another 10 minutes, it's going to be really brutal for you to uh, edit yeah. this. So, um, about that. Oh, nine more minutes. <laughs> nine more minutes that I can make your life more difficult. <laughs> uh, so, I feel like I should fill a buster. <laughs> filibuster uh let's see here uh boom 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 yep uh so you can keep it up with the podcast at knifeperspective.com you can connect with us on facebook and instagram and you can find the podcast on anywhere you're listening to it and you can keep in touch with dan eastland if you hear it now that's where you can find it and uh, you can keep in touch with Dan Eastland of Dogwood Custom Knives, dogwoodcustomknives.com, Dogwood Custom Knives on Facebook and Instagram, and send them an email at dan at dogwoodcustomknives.com. And you can mm, you had a burp there. You can keep in touch with Kyle Daly at Cage Daily you Knives. You back like a man. What was that? I said you choked that down like a man. <laughs> like it started to come back up and you're like, no, screw you. You headed back down there. And you forced it back down. Uh, you can keep in touch with me, Kyle Daly of Cage Daily Knives in cagedailyknives.com. Cage Daily Knives on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, going to try to also do some more YouTube videos here coming up. I uh, really need to get on oh. doing a YouTube video for that uh, straightening hammer. Lots of people keep asking me about it. So. Well- if I had a fancy pants air conditioned shop where it never gets above 70 degrees, I'd do videos too. It was 78, not just 70. <laughs> oh, glory be. <laughs> it was 78 degrees. I'm surprised you don't have an air conditioner down there. Air conditioning are for Yankees and wimps. <laughs> it was 103 in my shop before Blade Show, and I liked it. Yeah, yeah not for me. <laughs> Um, yeah. Seminal. Yeah. Seminal question. 
the most important question, the, the pinnacle of all podcasts about Blade Show questions. And, and what question was that that you forgot, Kyle? <laughs> what was your favorite moment of Blade Show? Man, you, you gave me a heads up before the show started so I could start thinking about it. And really, I needed like three-tenths of a second. Bam, it was right there. It might be the single best moment of my life. I've well, got, a, yeah, no. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, all right, there's marriage, there's first kid, there's second. All right, so fourth best moment of my life. <laughs> uh, I, I've got a little side gig going on. We'll talk about it in, a, in the next couple of episodes because it's knife related and it's pretty cool, but. I was going out to meet my partner and uh, bring him his credentials. And I was walking past the line and my God, I did not appreciate how long the Saturday line Saturday line was. But somebody stopped me like, Hey, you're Dan from the podcast. Single greatest moment of my life. Somebody recognized me from, from, from this. From the yeah. two of us sitting in our basements bullshitting. Yeah. And and not just that they listened, but they listened enough that they could recognize me. I mean, yeah. granted, I was in a kilt, but there were more people in kilts than you would think. Yeah. I wanted to stop and say hi to somebody, uh, but I did hear when I was rushing uh, back to the bathroom, uh, I heard somebody say, that's Kyle Daly. It was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't I'm not that cool. I have never been so flattered in my life. Like I, this is still just in my mind. This is still two guys sitting in their basements, just having a good time. Like it, it still hasn't crossed my mind that, that there are people listening that we, that we have an effect on other people. And a couple of people came by the booth and I loved meeting them and I was flattered, but it was almost a little uncomfortable for me because I don't see myself that way. Mm -hmm. But to have somebody stop me as I was walking by was, I, I just wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. I had I ha or quite a few people that told me that ours was their favorite podcast that they listened to. So that was awesome. Well, that only makes sense because it's excellence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we freaking urinate greatness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my my favorite uh, moment of Blade Show, my dad and I, after I got done at uh, on Thursday with getting my knives judged. And uh, I love your dad, by the way. He thanks. is a phenomenal human being. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. Um, we uh, we got Subway down there, and Ethan Becker came down and was and got a got a drink down there and uh he sat at the table and talked with us for a few minutes and uh he said well let me see the knives you you had judged for the for the knife makers guild so i pulled them out and of course he picked up the santoku uh that was his that's his favorite knife style and uh he uh he was rocking it on the table and he he turned to me and he gave me the ethan becker grin and gave me a thumbs up <laughs> and uh he said that one is mighty good <laughs> that was my my uh one of my favorite moments from blade show this year he does not give praise lightly mm -hmm. or give 
if he said something like that, then then he absolutely meant it. Yeah. So I was I was telling or asking him, like, really, what what else do you want me to or what else? What else can I improve on it? And he goes, there's just some fit and finish things. And he goes, I still would really like to see you put some scallops here at the front of the handle. <laughs> he, that's been a back and forth. He loves this. He loves scallops up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of, er, er, some people seem to like it and a lot of people seem to like it just without them. So not something I, I put in there by, uh, for default. I don't, I don't, unless somebody specifically asks it because it's a lot of production time for what I view as not much impression improvement, but there are some very knowledgeable people that would argue with me. Yeah. I definitely do it for my Nakiri's, uh, but it's a little bit different handle shape. I kind of do like a more of a triangle shape handle for my Nakiri's, but like this triangle yeah, like that. Like, oh, whoosh. yeah, okay. almost almost like a Nike swoosh. Oh, that'd back be more at, like the back end of the swoosh. Yeah. Oh, the back end. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Anything else? No, no. I, I think this is their bonus segment. <laughs> Alrighty. Night, Dan. <laughs> Night, Kyle. <laughs> well, let's take it to the edge. Because that's what's expected. In this discussion, this is the night prospective. Let's get to the point.